Good morning, Gateway. We've come to the end of our series of Come to the Table. And uh, as Rick's been telling you for the last couple of weeks, we've been having some pretty frank family chats around the table for four weeks now. And, and if you haven't been here or had a chance to catch up, the truth is that this church family is really struggling with its finances since COVID. Now, the downside of this is we are $6,000 a week approximately behind the figure that we need to do what we believe God has called us to do in this community and in PNG. The upside? Well, we know there are many people who give to this family who love it and will do all they can to help it thrive. And we are growing. Families are joining us every week and I believe that God has been speaking to them about playing their part in supporting the family that they've chosen to be a part of. Maybe you have heard him speaking to you too, whether you're um, someone who comes to our in-person services or you just join us online. I just want to say you have the opportunity to, to help and be part of the solution to this problem. Now, Rick said in our family room chats a few weeks ago that especially when we were on our trip around um, uh, Greece and Turkey, that we saw so many remnants of churches that had closed down sometimes hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Churches that were once strong and active, but are now dead no longer in existence. In Europe, what we saw were often just, you know, broken stones on the ground. That's all that was left. In Australia, often ex-churches are now wine bars or restaurants. And I think every time a church closes, it's a tragedy for the kingdom of God. There may come a day in the future when this church ceases to have a vision for the kingdom of God and is of no use to him. But that day is not today. We are still so hungry to reach this community with the love of God. We are still willing to sacrifice for the sake of the gospel. We can still hear the cries of those who are living lives of quiet desperation, not knowing that they are fully loved and fully accepted by the Creator. This Gateway family has not given up on its calling and vision. There is so much still to be done. The future is now in the hands of every one of us. Do we band together and fix this problem? Or does the vision and effectiveness of this church shrink to the size of our lack of courage and obedience. I want to share a scripture with you that frightens me and excites me at the same time as only God's word can do. Before we read it, here's some context. You know, between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the events of the New, there was a gap of 400 years. Now we know from other writings of the Hebrew people that 
During this period, they were in despair, thinking that God had left them, that they were no longer God's beloved people, that the promises he made to be their God forever would not be fulfilled because they knew they had blown it. God had spoken to them again and again and again and again through the prophets and the message was always the same. You are selfish. You have forgotten your first love. You think only about yourselves. You don't trust God. God would say to them, I want to use you to heal this broken world, but you are so fearful of scarcity that you hoard what you have while others are in need. The very last prophetic book before God went silent for 400 years was the book of Malachi. And as I read these verses, I want you to hear the pain in God's voice and Also, the desire in his voice as he pleads with his people. In chapter 3, he says, I am the Lord and I do not change. This is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? But I say to you, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you, Lord? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. Why is God in so much pain? Because the whole economy of God's world was based on the willingness of the people to give the first uh, portion of their income to the house of God to trust God to provide for them, even though they gave away their resources, to bring resources there that the needy would never go without, so that the priests could have food for their families because they were attending to the temple and couldn't grow their own food. But the people had turned inwards. It's all mine. You know, my precious God was devastated at their lack of faith and obedience. But God does not want to curse. He wants to bless. Let's hear the last verses. If you do this, says the Lord, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Can you hear the cry of the father? He's saying, I just want my kids to share because when they give their stuff away, I know they are looking to me to provide and that's exactly what I want to do. 
My daughter has two little boys, one who's four, one who's 18 months. And she was telling me the other day how, you know, kids are always fighting and wanting to keep things for themselves, but the little 18-month-old is always stealing toys off the older one. And for the first time the other day, instead of Instead of Jad crying that the, the baby was taking his things, he, he picked up a toy that was precious to him and turned around and gave it to the younger one. And my daughter, you know, she said she just felt such joy at seeing her son finally click. There is joy in sharing, joy in giving. That's straight from the heart of God. And in these verses, God is daring his people. Give the first portion of your income away. Give it to God. The goal to work towards uh, that we see in the Old Testament is a tenth. Now, I know for many of us, that seems impossible, but it, it's a goal. Where can you start? Not only will it support the house of God, on which you rely, not only will it help heal the brokenness of this world, not only will you be partnering with God and his plans, but you will also have the blessing of God's smile on your life as he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You are looking more and more like Christ every day. I want to put a smile on the face of God. I think you do too. Christ followers are very brave people. Courage is one of the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. This was brought home to me so strongly when we were traveling around Turkey. Many of the sites of the early Christian churches are in that that part of the world. And the, the early Christians were terribly persecuted by the Romans because they refused to declare Caesar, you know, the, the, um, the emperor of Rome, they declared to, to, they refused to declare Caesar as Lord and God, as Caesar claimed to be. They just couldn't do it. In this photograph here, I am sitting on the steps of the ruins of Pergamon. Now, Pergamon is a city which is mentioned in the book of Revelation. The Apostle John um, records messages from, from God to each of these seven churches in this area. And John records God saying to the church at Pergamon, you continued boldly in my name. You never once denied my name, even when the pressure was worst, when they martyred Antipas, my witness who stayed faithful. The early church tradition says that the Apostle John appointed Antipas to lead the church in Pergamon, and he ended up being burned alive in the town square. I was looking out at the place where historians believe that event could have happened. In my imagination, I could even hear the screams. 
Could I be that brave? I am so thankful that I will probably never have to answer that question. But there is something brave that we are called to do every week. For many of us, every week, we open up our Gateway phone app. We go to the section where we can give. And we stop for a moment and think, can I afford to do this? But there is something in our soul that says, we need to be obedient to the God that is calling us. And we hit send. I think it's especially brave when we decide to say, send this every week on a regular basis or every month. It's like we're saying, I can't see into the future, but I am relying on God. I'm taking up his dare to be brave, to conquer my fear that he is not a good God, that he will always be enough and make sure that I have enough. No, not just enough, but more than enough so that I can share with others. I can make God smile with joy, with that sort of bravery. If you follow Christ, follow his ways, be a giver, give generously, give so that it is a sacrifice, give so that it costs you something, give so that you become more like God, give so your heart and your treasure are in the same place. That's how we live a life of integrity. And that's how we find joy in coming to the table of the family of God, knowing that together we have done our part to make this part of God's kingdom thrive. <laughs>